You don't even like sports. Welcome to You Don't Even Like Sports, a podcast about sports for people who don't like sports. With your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Jeff May. Hey, hey, Jeff. Oh, yeah, yeah, Adam. I have something to tell you. Uh, I'd love to hear it. You don't even like sports. Oh, come on. It's true. No, you don't even like sports. No, I do like sports. You don't even like sports. Adam, you, you don't even like sports. You're being real mean right now. Hey, everybody, welcome to You Don't Even Like Sports. I'm Adam Todd Brown. And I'm Jeff May, everybody. You don't even like sports, everybody. None of you listening like sports. welcome to the official start of season two, nay, potential season three, depending on how you follow the You Don't Even Like Sports timeline, uh, whether you consider our our prequel uh, to be a part of this. But we are starting our second official season of You Don't Even Like Sports, uh, and we are going after the bad boy of stock car racing. Tony... Stewart. Ton Stewart is our subject this season, which I feel like hopefully our last episode softened people up to this idea. I I feel like people are I think people trust us. I hope so. Like I don't trust you as a person, but I trust that you would pick a good uh subject. And this is one that when we first conceptualized the show, this was like top of our list of people to do. And there's a reason for that. Because he killed a guy. He, he killed a guy. <laughs> and got away with it. He did it. I mean, we are not the courts, but he did that <laughs> shit on purpose. It's on video. It's you can, a professional driver hit a man with his car and was going not fast, by the way. You can, at the very least, watch a man be slaughtered on YouTube right now. Yeah. You can watch literal vehicular manslaughter on ESPN yeah video so that's where this season is headed but let's not get ahead of ourselves yeah yeah uh so uh we're gonna be talking about uh tony stewart who is a interesting character in the history of stock car racing i would say probably the most polarizing character in the history of stock car racing considered by many to be the last of the old school style drivers he's very respected as a driver as a personality that's a whole other thing he's very respected by assholes as like look at the comments of any of these fight videos which there are a lot of and if you read the comments you can you understand his popularity because they're like yeah it's about time a driver's gonna punch another driver it's like okay i think that stems from on the la- like on the last episode, we we talked about some of the famous finishes in NASCAR history, and we talked about the 1979 Daytona 500. I think is the one, and that is generally considered the race that pushed NASCAR into the mainstream, and it ends with a fist fight at the side of the track. And I think what Tony Stewart represents to those people in the comments is that era of NASCAR right before it became as corporate as it is now, because NASCAR is a hugely corporate-influenced sport. NASCAR is, without jumping to too many stereotypes, it is a predominantly male fan base. It is a predominantly Southern fan base, although it is NASCAR itself is nationally famous and, and racing is internationally huge. But NASCAR has a generally Southern male vibe to it. And so you're going to see that sort of, not to overuse a phrase that we say all the time, but toxic masculinity within its fandom. And we've seen that sort of start bubbling up recently uh, with the removal of the Confederate flag, that like that anti-snowflake culture. And Tony Stewart does represent that, even though as we process and as we learn more about him, we find out that this dude is a primo snowflake. Oh, absolutely. Like he is everything that he says he hates. And that's an interesting juxtaposition there the nascar fan base which i'm assuming in a lot of ways probably rejects the influence corporations have had on this country i mean corporations basically represent what we call the elite in this country but nascar is controlled by those people 
it is i mean nascar is literally billboards driving billboards and a giant billboard right and as much as it's a thing where like we'll see with tony stewart he starts out competing in races that anyone with a car and a little mechanical know-how and a fucking dream can enter into and work their way up but when you get to the nascar level that takes some fucking money you need some money behind you and not only money but you you need a certain generally speaking a certain level of of behavior right Uh, in exchange for that money you're expected to behave a certain way like if you if your car is plastered with m&m's logos kurt bush you can't just go running people into walls kurt bush (laughs) you can't commit a murder (laughs) sponsored by m&m's yeah we could have this could have been about kurt bush also that guy is he's like a i don't know i don't know enough about him but kurt bush is tony stewart part two yeah he's uh he's he's tony stewart part two with a famous little brother yes you know it's funny too because uh one of the things about tony stewart is that his major prominence came under the sponsorship of home depot which does sort of solidify that like man's man vibe that you get because he's not sponsored by candy he's not sponsored by a phone it's not that it's it's tools he's being sponsored by fucking lumber and tools yeah he's sponsored by hammers there is something to that. People will like a driver because of the sponsor. That is a very common thing. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because it's not your traditional sport where there's regional boundaries and, you know, you live in this area, you're expected to support this team. Like, these are dudes from all over the country, like primarily the South, but Tony Stewart's from Indiana. Indiana, which is the South. I mean, it's like Maine is the South you know like yeah there's a a lot of states in this nation that are the south but just happen to not be in the south you ever been to you ever been to any part of oregon that isn't portland yeah that's the south that's that's the south idaho is the south Mm -hmm. (laughs) sorry but the thing about tony stewart for as much as people despise this man he is one of the most accomplished stock car drivers of all time He's a legend. I think had he not killed somebody in 2014, I think he would be like Jimmy Johnson. We talked about on the last episode is kind of the standard bearer among modern drivers. He's won six championships, like super accomplished. And Tony Stewart was on his way to that and then hit some roadblocks, if you know what I mean. A living human roadblock. Yeah, and then shatters his back in the desert on an ATV. I mean, he's... <laughs> there's nothing to hit. <laughs> Here's The other thing about Tony Stewart, too, is that his outside-of-the-pit problems are legendary. Like, him killing a dude is not his first act of newsworthy violence that he has been engaged in. I mean, he uh, there was a big problem i believe in the early 2000s involving spousal abuse uh so i mean this guy is this guy is anger management wrapped up into an indiana asshole yeah there's there's a lot of different people you can compare him to but none are because like barry bonds i think is a good comparison but even then not really because there's no like accusations of cheating around tony stewart maybe like a mike tyson like mike tyson might be the closest except mike tyson has worked relatively hard at sort of uh reestablishing uh and in, in trying to recover his reputation and i don't think tony stewart is, is necessarily that invested in it he's more of a like me for who i am oh yeah for sure i mean tony stewart has taken steps recently to try and get back into racing but I don't think he's necessarily doing anything to clean up his image. I mean, at this point, why would you? It's what people like about him. Yeah, right. So this episode is just going to be kind of a broad overview of Tony Stewart, his accomplishments, some of his uh, more famous beefs. We're going (laughs) to listen to some video clips. We'll talk a little bit about him killing a guy. A little bit. And then starting next episode, we're going to dive into these things in deeper detail trust me 
there will be an entire episode <laughs> about the time Tony Stewart killed a guy. Which he did. Very fun uh, fun information. No, he was inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame in 2019 and also in the Sports Murder Hall of Fame in 2019. Yeah, same class as Ray Lewis, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe O.J. Simpson inducted him in. Right, right, right. Uh, it was very great. He was inducted in Ray Lewis, but Ray Lewis wouldn't say anything. <laughs> but he did wear that white suit again. Yeah blood all over it do you remember when ray lewis said uh that uh, without football the world would fall into chaos <laughs> do you remember that on a televised interview yeah without the football the world america will fall apart jeff violence in the streets what if ray lewis was our next season i wouldn't hate it but because i genuinely despise him football season is coming up allegedly oh. So let's talk about some of his Tony Stewart's other accomplishments. Uh, he's won multiple championships in multiple leagues, including uh, Indy Racing, Midget, Sprint, USAC Silver Crown, and NASCAR. You don't Do you have think, to know what all those mean. Yeah, they're just different sizes of, of engines and cars. Do you think they're going to change the name of Midget Racing? Probably not. Well, it seems like a... That would be like calling it like, and then he, he won a championship in the retarded uh, <laughs> racing thing. It's like, oh, no, we don't we don't say that. That word, that's a dead word. Yeah, I wonder if they will. I don't know. It feels like we're still a little ways away from becoming that woke. They're going to change it from midget racing to confederate flag racing, and it's <laughs> going to be a real lateral move. Yeah, but what's important about that is that's not a thing a lot of people can do. There's a quote from A.J. Foyt, who is one of the most accomplished racers of all time. He's long retired by now, but he was a big fan of Tony Stewart. And one of the things he said about Tony Stewart is that he, A.J. Foyt, has known like three or four guys who can just get in any car and race it at the highest level. And Tony Stewart is one of those people. He's like the prince of driving. Right. Give him anything and he can win with it. Yeah. And there's something to be said for that. Yeah, well, he, he was the three-time NASCAR Cup Series champion as a driver, which is interesting on its own. That is so fucking hard to do. Like, it can't be it can't be sort of ignored that it's very, very difficult because while there is a team element to this um, that we have discussed previously uh, in previous episodes, to be able to win at that level so consistently is so fucking hard. Yeah, very much so. That's the it's the reason the New England Patriots are the New England Patriots. Like you don't just win that many Super Bowls over the course of one decade. It's not luck. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of effort and planning that goes into that. And there's some luck, but it takes a team, including like with NASCAR especially, it takes an entire team. And Tony Stewart has won not only as a driver but also as a team owner. That's he right. won He's won two championships as a team owner, and in one of those, he was the driver and the team owner. Which, that's a pretty impressive move. Do you know who his owner was before he was his self-owner? Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs from the Washington <laughs> football team coach. Yeah, there's also another interesting wrinkle in that that I think would maybe make a fun one-off episode at some point. I don't remember the guy's name off the top of my head but the last person to win as a team owner and driver was this guy who he died at like 38 of cancer or no in a plane crash but into a cancer ward <laughs> right he entered nascar and refused to take any corporate sponsorships he was like in <laughs> just driving a chevelle <laughs> just like he was he was an indie guy who didn't and I mean independent guy who didn't take any corporate money and fucking ended up winning a NASCAR championship as an owner and driver. And that happened in the late 80s, I believe, maybe early 90s. And then it didn't happen again until Tony Stewart did it. Yeah, but Tony Stewart did it plastered with ads. <laughs> exactly. Tony Stewart's the only driver in history to win a championship in both IndyCar and NASCAR. Which, that, those are crazy. Yeah. That's like driving a tank in a plane. He raced in an IndyCar race and a NASCAR race on the same day and finished both of those races. 
What is he, Dion? Like, yeah, that's even more grueling than what Dion Sanders did. Yeah. Because half of Dion Sanders, just for people who aren't familiar, Dion Sanders played in a baseball game and a football game on the a same play- day. A playoff baseball game. Right. But here's the thing. Half of that was a baseball game. Baseball as a sport is the opposite of grueling. The Baseball is long-term grueling because you play it more than any of the other sports but right. it's not you know but the other thing about that too is that uh that the foot he didn't play a lot in the football game either right he didn't get a lot of didn't get a lot of touches tony stewart on the other hand two in nascar races are three to four hours long like imagine just he must have had an iv in him as he was going to the fucking indy car oh yeah you would have to because one, one of them, wait, which one was the night one? The I think it might have been NASCAR. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And like people listening to this, just imagine any time you've had to drive on a long road trip and you're in the car for eight hours. How's it feel? Yeah. Now imagine doing that through a vortex. <laughs> yeah. Now imagine doing that in space shuttle launch conditions. It's going to wear you the fuck out. Yeah. How are you going to kill anybody if you're so tired from doing all them driving? Right. Well, you got you to gotta kill him in the car. You got Yeah, you got to use the car to kill him. That's the answer. Life hack. <laughs> Life hack. Hack lives <laughs> with a car. He is the only driver to win a NASCAR Cup Series championship under the old point system and the more recent chase playoff format. That's not nothing. Yeah, because it, it used to be you would do like long-term building up points over the whole thing, and it, 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 it didn't necessarily make it. It's what the drivers preferred because it was the long game. But it it essentially would be if baseball, the World Series ended just at the end of the season, whoever had the most wins, there was no postseason. And so when they switched it to a more competitive playoff format, that sort of race for the cup kind of push, drivers didn't necessarily like that. But, you know, you know who did? The fans. The fans. Better for the fans. Yeah. Uh, He's the only driver to win a Cup Series title under three different sponsors. And he's got a super cool nickname, Smoke. Have we found out why he's called Smoke? Yes, and it is not flattering. Oh, is it because he kills you? Well, (laughs) partially. He's actually, he got that nickname for two reasons. He tended to spin his tires out a lot when taking off, and that creates some smoke. But also, during the 1997 season... His engine blew up a bunch of times, and when that happens, there's a lot of smoke. So he's basically called Smoke because his engine exploded a bunch, and not so much because he's fast and cool. But Smoke, no matter how you get the nickname, it's a good nickname. Especially back then, it was called the Winston Cup. So you gotta, you know, they liked that. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Winston Cup for a long time. Yeah, it was, it wasn't, it was, then it switched to Nextel. So that can give you a real, a real specific time period of exactly, when it switched yeah. from Winston to Nextel. And I believe it's Sprint now. Sprint now, yeah. Which, what a great name. Like, what a great sponsor to have for a racing uh, anything is Sprint. It's perfect. Right. So those are all the things people like about Tony Stewart. But... Well, here's some things people like about him, too. Yeah. The bad stuff. I mean, in... I think it's not even necessarily always bad. He's just he's not afraid to speak his mind, Jeff. Yeah, he's one of those dudes that on their Twitter bio says, like, no filter, snowflakes, not welcome. Yep. Because he's an asshole. He is. He's a dick. Adam, I, I can't stress this enough. Like, in sports, there are people who are considered legendary assholes. And he is in the top like he and 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 i would say barry bonds and this is where it comes back to what you had said previously like you know he is very barry bondsian in that he is just a legendary asshole here's an example of how much of an asshole he is the very first sentence in his autobiography which is called true speed my racing life which he co-wrote with a guy named bones boucher bones boucher <laughs> you gonna write a book now? You gonna write it with old bones? I tell you what, down on the bayou, we gonna have a fricassee and write you an autobiography. I bet that is how those talks went. Have a little etouffee, <laughs> little, little jambalaya. I'm assuming he's a Cajun 
gumbo chef as well. He's got to be with a name like that. The very first sentence of that book in the goddamn foreword, which was written by ESPN Motorsports anchor Bob Jenkins. This is the very first line of Tony Stewart's autobiography. There have been times when I've wanted to strangle Tony Stewart. Yeah, like when he asked him to write an intro to his autobiography. Yeah, and that's how this book opens. Like, it really sets a tone. That would have been funny if the rest of the autobiography was a hit piece on ESPN Motorsports anchor Bob Jenkins. <laughs> if he just, rewrite he just it. Trapped. Yeah, rewrite, rewrite it. Man, fuck Bob Jenkins. <laughs> that book, it's actually kind of hard to find now. I feel like I bought the last copy on Amazon, and that was the only place I could find it. It's not on Audible. There's no ebooks. Audible is limited in its Tony Stewart availability. There is one interview with him. Yeah, I mean, you kill one guy on the track, and now no one wants to sell your books anymore? Come on. It's like you can't even... He should, he should have writ, written an If I Did It version of his uh, book. <laughs> that's, the, that's the OJ book, right? Yeah. All right. The, the good thing about this book is it... It, it will probably be the basis of our research for the next episode, which will be about kind of his beginnings. It doesn't go that deep into his NASCAR years. We'll have to, we'll have to dive deep to find stuff about it's that. It's still pretty young. That was Tony Stewart fever in 2002. That was like right. a, real, a real height of popularity. That would be like Canseco in 89. Yeah, yeah. It's Tony Stewart at his peak, peak popularity at least it's it's interesting too because there's limited availability of information about his early life whereas we've seen in other and other biographies about his uh, about athletes early lives and they're very specific because they usually were in some way traumatic that led them to there we saw it with Kinseiko where he talked about you know the sort of dealings with his father and sort of never being able to live up to it and being small and everything and with Rodman being you know, a tiny little creep yeah, and, and ne not having a growth spurt. With Stewart, it kind of seems like there was, and to be fair, he's the first white person that we've done. And, and it seems to me like he lived in, in uh, at the very least, uh, median affluence. Yeah, that I'm not sure. He grew up in Indiana. We know that. And I don't know if his family had a lot of money, but I don't, I don't think he was horrifically poor. He repurchased his old house. Uh, I know that was a thing. Like, he purchased his childhood home, um, and he was very wealthy. So that might have been, you know, that's a hint to me that he probably wasn't, didn't grow up in a shack. Right. Yeah, probably not. Which, I mean, you you can't to invest the money you have to, to yeah. become this good at racing cars. Like it's you, like hockey. Yeah. You know, you have to have the gear. Yeah, and that's one of the things when we get into the kind of media backlash that he ends up getting for being Tony Stewart, basically. One of the things he really takes exception to is people calling him spoiled or entitled. And the, the reason for that is, like, he really did work his way up to NASCAR. He didn't just, like, grow up in a nascar family and have this given to him well literally you can't per, you can't compete you can't be a legacy athlete that isn't talented i mean look at you know ted williams jr you know all they all he got was a little tryout and then the red sox were like you're fucking terrible get the fuck out of here and that's ted williams's kid like you have to work your ass off to get to any to to any sports this level of competition like there is no there is no just handed yeah so i will also say that he in comparison to all the other drivers in there he is a little bit spoiled yeah he's he's definitely got a temper he throws a lot of tantrums that's a a thing he's known for i wonder if any of them are going to end horribly for him or mm. for anybody else mm, right <laughs> And like we mentioned earlier, NASCAR is super duper corporate and corporations like to maintain a certain image, which is weird with NASCAR just banning the Confederate flag weeks ago. You would think those corporate sponsors would be a little more lenient in the behavior they would accept from their drivers. But no, it's 
they Eminem's ex- just found out the Confederate flag is not good. Yeah, yeah. News to them. Who knew? They were a part of the Confederacy. Remember <laughs> the yellow and red Eminem just on the front lines? <laughs> he stabbed me in the peanut. <laughs> so Tony Stewart is controversial. He's He doesn't work within the corporate straight white male NFL quarterback framework. He's a bad boy. He's he's a bad the bad boy of NASCAR, baby. And he's he's one of those no filter types who will just say crazy shit all the time. Asshole. He's an asshole. That's a that's a good way to put it. If somebody it's like those people that are that glorify that they're an asshole. When like you call me an asshole and I say thank you. It's like you fucking die. Yeah. Break your fucking leg. Yeah. Please. I hope your I hope your hip falls apart right now. <laughs> and he's so known for these fights and tantrums and outbursts there is a video we'll link to that is 20 goddamn minutes long that is just a compilation of tony stewart either shit talking people in post-race interviews fighting people driving motherfuckers into walls there's a great segment of the video where him and he and jeff gordon are uh, arguing, And if you don't know who Jeff Gordon is, uh, Jeff Gordon essentially was the anti-Tony Stewart. He was the clean-cut, clean-shaven, well-spoken. He, he, like, enunciated everything he said. It was very clear. But they both have very high voices. So it's funny to listen to them fight, and they keep escalating it. And it's just like listening to the Rescue Rangers uh, <laughs> screaming at each other. Yeah. It's an intense fight, though. Tony Stewart is, like, trying to climb over his car. And there's there's at one point where Jeff Gordon antagonized me. He's like he's like, and I'm gonna get you up against the wall next time. <laughs> it's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. It's there's a lot of. Here's the thing. Like if a hit batsman in baseball, you know, when you look at like when a team owes another team, it sucks. But the odds of it ending a career are minimal. Right. Car wrecks in nascar no matter the safety precautions there's a median at least level that this could kill you right yeah like we said on the last episode i think 28 people have died in nascar cup series races they end in fire imagine if a fucking imagine if a pitcher fucking threw you one for crowding the plate and you burst into flames after it happened (laughs) that would be dope they got him with the fireball He's what are you going to do? He's throwing gas. It's baseball tradition. What are you going to do? Can't change it now. You're going to have to change the record books. So let's listen to a few clips that are from this 20-minute compilation that will, I think, give people some idea of what kind of personality Tony Stewart is. This first one, it's one of his earliest and most famous. All he does is curse, but... He's on live television. This is after the 1998 Indy 500. Here goes. Now, I wouldn't even run the car hard. I mean, if I was pushing it, I can understand it maybe, but just out there kind of riding around, trying to take it easy. The emotions right now for Tony Stewart. Describe them. Well, I mean, this is the only thing I've ever wanted to do in my life. This has been my number one goal, and, and every year I get shit on doing it. So, I mean, how would you feel? And then he just walked away. Yeah, that's uh, his number two thing that he wants to do in his life. Kill a guy with a car. <laughs> uh, so stay tuned to see what happens. So that was like, that seems minor now. Like it's 2020 and we've yeah. heard people get heated and accidentally curse on television. But when this happened and this was at the Indy 500. Yeah, that's which, the most watched race in the world in, in America. Excuse me. Yeah, one of the most prestigious races there is. And this guy's a young rook, and he gets on TV and just curses it up. Oh, he's a bucking bronco. You better hold on if you want to be Tony Stewart, man. You better hold on. You're going to stay on them eight seconds. That was kind of the impression people got. Just from him cursing in an interview, they were like, whoa. Ooh, this boy ain't got no filter. Bad boy on the scene. He ain't got no filter. He also is notorious for getting in arguments and conflicts with the announcers who, when you watch a NASCAR race on TV, they're the people who tell you what's happening. 
Clean hates these motherfuckers. <laughs> and this is a clip of an example of that where he's being interviewed about a race that just happened and Daryl Waltrip, who is a legend in NASCAR. This would be like shitting on Magic Johnson in a in a basketball interview. And Daryl Waltrip is in the booth. He has retired by this point and things seem pretty playful and then listen to how tony stewart ends this exchange thing with bristol and tony are people making too much about the on-track stuff or there may be some hidden frustrations over the fact you haven't won yet this year ah there's no hidden frustrations i i think the people that are blown out of proportion are uh you know mike joy and larry mcreynolds and daryl waltrip in the booth nobody else has been complaining about it uh you know, Daryl, or not Daryl, but Rusty and I talked uh, when we saw each other, uh, you know, two days ago at the airport, and we were just kind of laughing about it and shook hands and went on. And, you know, our fans of Sedalia, Missouri, and uh, and uh, Knoxville, Iowa, they came out to watch us run the sprint car. They stood out in the rain for a half hour and in, in the rain to get autographs. So uh, I just keep, it's funny. I keep watching the replays of the race after I get home and listening to Daryl and Mike Joy and McReynolds. It's like uh, you keep watching the screen waiting on Tattoo to come by in his little white tuxedo welcoming everybody to Fantasy Island. A man, yeah. Ask, ask Tony. Tell him this is a reality show, and uh, you know what we just talk about. What I told him this the other night when I was talking to him. We just talk about what we see, and the one thing we see is a common denominator of him involved with a lot of other folks. You know, so I, I mean, we're not picking on him. We're just telling what we see. DW says Tony that he's not picking on you. He just is seeing what the video shows. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Daryl's memory kind of gets a little screwed up sometimes. I guess he forgets that with all the rule changes he wants NASCAR to make, he forgets that if they changed the rules and took the champions provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years. So uh, uh, I know Daryl's doing what he has to do at his job, but uh, I think there's a lot of times what you see on the screen isn't the whole total story, and I think they've uh, I think they've done a real good job in the booth of blowing things away out of proportion like they normally do. I guess that's probably what they need for ratings, which uh, I think our sport's doing a pretty good job of ratings without having to butcher up uh, what Wow, stop no, being they're, mean to me. You're unfair to me just because I'm a complete and total prick at all points in time. <laughs> yeah, that's he's got a lot of that in him. A lot of that Jose Canseco, Dennis Rodman. Oh, why don't people just understand me? I'm so good at what I do. Dude, the fact that he's like, there's fans. There's fans out there waiting for autographs. Well, I don't see where, well, I don't see you talking about that. I don't see you talking about the fans waiting in line for autographs. It's interesting that you bring that up because I shit you not, there is an entire chapter in this book. It's one of the chapters that closes out the book that is just basically fuck your autograph. I don't owe you a fucking autograph. I won't sign your fucking autograph. Fuck your autographs. It's a whole chapter in this Tony Stewart book. Oh, God, that's good. That's <laughs> juice-level good. It really is. You, that, that couldn't have been better unless he tried to kill Frank Thomas with a pen talking about autographs. <laughs> so, yeah, that clip, if you watch the video, we'll, we'll link to the individual clips and also the entire 20-minute video. Daryl Waltrip looks genuinely hurt by the suggestion that if he was racing when there were different rules, he wouldn't have won. And it is kind of a harsh thing to say. I mean, he might not be wrong. Yeah, I mean, people have said it about, like, you know who people say that about all the time is Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, yeah, right? Like, yeah, Wilt Chamberlain put up 100 points, but also he was, like, the only black person allowed to play basketball at the time, and uh, the rules were way different. Put him in today's game and see what happens. And I don't know if that's completely accurate i don't think he would have gotten 100 points in a game probably not did somebody shoot that other team <laughs> i think about that a lot there's a conspiracy theory that claims that never happened because there's no video of it oh so but who knows also remember that thing we said that we keep saying about how corporate nascar is oh that's been building up to this moment in the podcast this is Tony Stewart in a post-race interview talking about Goodyear tires. Adam, this is unbelievable. <laughs> like, I believe that he would be fiery enough to throw several helmets at several cars. That he would try to fight legendary bad boy Jeff Gordon. <laughs> I can't fathom the repercussions that are going to come from what he's about to do. 
Yeah, it's hard to put into words how crazy it is because you can bring up any sponsor. I guess it would be kind of like if, I don't know, like J.R. Smith, not even LeBron James, if J.R. Smith got in a post-game interview with the Lakers and was like, look, fuck Nike. Nike can kiss my fucking ass. Nike's not only that, but it's it's not just fuck Nike and Nike can kick my ass, but it's Nike's shoes are bad. Right. They make bad products that aren't fit for what we do. That's let, let's listen to Tony Stewart. <laughs> they exited down a Formula One, they exited down the IRL, they exited down a car, they exited down a world outlaws. And there's a reason for that, because Goodyear can't build a tire that's worth a crap. So uh if I were if I were Goodyear, I'd be really embarrassed about this weekend and what they brought us here. It, it didn't keep us from winning the race, and how we got the second, I don't know. I'm I'm really proud of our guys on the team and really proud of their pit stops. But uh, it was ridiculous to have to race on a tire like this today. It's uh, not not at this form of racing. It, you know, if they can't do any better than that, they ought to just pull out of this sport and, and save us all a bunch of headaches. Because I guarantee you, Hoosier or, or Firestone or somebody can come in and do a lot better. Jeez. So. Do you know, like, the history of this specific uh, diss? No. Okay. So, basically, Goodyear uh, had a had a harder uh, rubber compound that was announced months in advance. And Tony Stewart said that. He didn't recant, either. He did apologize to, like, the union workers and, like, the people that work at Goodyear. He's like, but that's not... You people aren't who we're talking about here. They basically... Goodyear came out and said... Tony Stewart was just misinformed. Like, we had this information. We had given it to you months in advance. And then his crew chief was like, it wouldn't have mattered because the rain was there. And if you have a harder rubber, it creates. And it was this big, huge problem that came down to basically Goodyear sort of using a tire that was slightly different than what they were used to. And that's what caused that tirade on a sponsor. (laughs) Yeah. And it's whenever you see stuff like this, it's always on certain levels. It's like, oh, man, that's kind of cool. Hmm. But also, you know, that's that's a type of rage that could probably be unleashed on anyone or anything at any time. Because it takes a, a certain lack of impulse control to pull hmm. a stunt like that. I think Antonio Brown is a good example of that. Former Dancing with the Stars champion. I think he played some football also. A little bit. But you see that with him where if he can just not say anything, it'll be fine. And he is completely incapable of not saying anything. And eventually that wears on people. Like, if you're a part of a team sport, you have to be really fucking good for people to overlook that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. And with Tony Stewart, he was just that good. Yeah, and... So one of the things that he said sort of like as they try to work towards resolution for this, because this was a fucking scandal. Like, I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it it would literally be like a post game interview. Somebody who, you know, Nike sponsored plastered everywhere and say Nike's shoes are dog shit and whoever made them sucks. And he plugs two other companies yes. in the fucking tirade. Get me some goddamn new balance on the court. Play some dad ball. A lot of chess passes. Um, so he says, uh, I've, obviously, I was real vocal about what I said. Uh, the thing is that you shouldn't have to get to that point. The problem is that we've been in this situation with them before and trying to do it the right way and trying to do it behind closed doors and trying to be politically correct. But we didn't get results. Obviously, this week it got somebody's attention and that can do something and make a difference. And then a lot of drivers agreed with him. But we're also like, you don't say it like that. Um, Goodyear officials then sort of stated that they weren't satisfied, uh, fully satisfied with the tire, but reminded everybody it's the first time it was the first time these tires were being used in Atlanta specifically. And then corporate was a a big problem. And they were there's a lot of like talk about like we'd be if you want to be constructive, we can do this. But if you want to be an asshole, we're going to fucking sue your ass for doing that. Yeah, because that's got to be some kind of breach of contract. Oh, absolutely and it's a thing you see in all sports like in the nba if you criticize the officiating during an official press conference you'll get fined for that yeah or china yeah <laughs> yeah don't even mention it uh the other thing about tony stewart he's as people have probably sussed out by now insanely competitive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like 
he still throughout his entire NASCAR career was still racing in those smaller leagues. Like he would show up at a fucking dirt track in Kentucky and race midget cars just because he wanted to fucking do it. Uh, he's like Michael Jordan level competitive, basically. And you will uh, see that or hear that in this next clip, which is a, they apparently during practice runs, they film those also. And this is Tony Stewart driving a motherfucker into the wall during practice. What happened in Budweiser shootout practice? This is practice, Johnny. The 220, once again, bam, who's at fault? I don't know. I just think that was more racing, not giving and taking. The two car and the 20 car. Give me a break, guys. It's practice. Kurt moves up. Yes, but Tony could lift a little bit here. You know what I'm getting at, Kenny? I mean, let's face it. That was Tony Stewart's fault. No give and take in that it, it, it reminds me of Allen Iverson, the basketball player. It's practice. Kenny, this is where he's wrong. Look at this. Once again, bam. Come on. We're aiming on pit road. The car's are under caution. <laughs> Kurt Busch, you are wrong for doing that. You cannot, cannot do that, Kenny. <laughs> practice. That was Kurt Busch also, who, like I said, other legendary NASCAR asshole. Let's talk about how they referenced Allen Iverson's practice interview. Yeah, the basketball player, which for that audience, you probably did need to clarify. Well, I'm surprised that that's the only thing they said about him. <laughs> yeah, they were very uh, by the book. Not not an N in the whole sentence, and I got to commend them for that. Well, I mean, they were on TV. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know when it cut to commercial. <laughs> by good, shitty Goodyear. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got this long, 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 long history of interactions like this with sponsors with like there's video if you watch that whole video there's one clip where he walks up to the like crew chief of another team and just fucking snatches his headset off and throws it to the yeah, ground like slaps it off his head like a fucking cartoon yeah there's so many clips of him getting in actual fist fights like he's a fucking shit starter oh yeah and then and then a whiner that's the that's the problem is that he's an instigator and then a whiner and that's the worst shit like if you want to have shit happen to you and then complain about it that's one thing but if you're going to be a complete and total piece of shit and then complain you're going to get a rep so what happens though over the course of tony stewart's career is these incidents like they'll happen and he'll get fined but NASCAR isn't a team sport in the same way football is, where you do this enough times, eventually no team is going to sign you. Mm -hmm. In NASCAR, if you're still winning, they're going to fucking keep you. It takes a lot for a NASCAR driver to lose their job. So Tony Stewart keeps having these incidents, and eventually they start getting more uh, intense. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like, listen to this. This is two back-to-back -back clips of Tony Stewart talking about fellow racer Joey Logano, who immediately prior to this, they got in an actual fight on the track. And this is him talking about that incident in two separate interviews. Tony, what angered you at the end of the race? What did you take issue with? What the hell do you think I was mad about? Dumb little s runs us clear down to the infield. He wants to about everybody else, and he's the one that drives like a little I'm going to bust his ass complaining about how everybody else is driving here and then him to do that it's it's a double standard um you know he's he makes the choice he, he makes the decision to run us down there and when you when you run a driver down there then you you take responsibility of what happens after that so uh you know he he's a tough guy on pit road as soon as one of his crew guys gets in the middle of it uh, until then he's a scared little kid and then he wants to sit there and throw a water bottle at me so he's going to learn a lesson and uh he can run his mouth on Twitter and stuff all he wants tonight. We'll, we got, I got plenty of people that are going to watch for that. And uh, but he's, it's, it's time he learns a lesson. He's, he's run his mouth long enough. He's sat there and done this double standard, and he's nothing but a little rich kid that has never had to work in his life. So he's going to learn with us working guys that had to work our way up how how, how it works. He's going to kill him, isn't he? Well, he's certainly going to kill someone, Jeff. He's going to drive his car into his room while he's sleeping and hit him with it. Yeah, that that was an intense interview. Yeah. Like, I got a problem with Joey Logano over here. Gonna learn him a little lesson. Yeah, we got you, Joey Four Wheels. I'm breaking kneecaps with my car. And at around this same time, 
Tony Stewart starts like becoming this advocate for uh, how if people keep driving this way, someone's going to die. Like there's going to be like if people keep up with all this reckless hazardous driving, it's going to fucking kill someone. And it seemed at the time like that was Tony Stewart trying to take some control and some responsibility for the situation and fix it. But in retrospect, it feels more like a threat. It 1000% feels like a threat. Because Tony Stewart went on to inadvertently, I guess, is the court's finding, kill a guy. Killed a guy. It happened, like I said, Tony Stewart, all throughout his NASCAR career, continued to race in these smaller racing series events, like sprint cars and things like that. Midget cars, sprint cars, they're kind of the same thing, I think. And in 2014... He shows up at one of these smaller events and decides to race in it. And at one point, he gets in a minor wreck with another driver named Kevin Ward Jr. And Kevin Ward Jr., for one thing, gets out of his car on the racetrack and waits for Tony Stewart to come back around and starts taunting Tony Stewart. And we'll link to the video, but warning... It shows a vehicular homicide happen. It shows a murder. Yeah, like a, a this is a murder video. It's a snuff film. Like what happens next? Tony Stewart's car moves in a very strange way, in a way that sort of makes it seem like he turned the steering wheel very fast. And I think his argument has always been, I turned left to try and avoid this guy, and the back of my car swung out and hit him but whatever the case tony stewart hit that guy and that guy fucking died mm-hmm. here's a little bit of the audio you'll you'll be able to piece together what happens hear them screams tony stewart hit that guy Hmm. and you see before it happens there's another car that passes him and that car just swerves out of the way there were no other cars around tony stewart at that time he had lots of room to move and (sighs) we'll get into it we're gonna do an entire episode about this incident because it it leads to a lot of other things but that's where this season is headed tony stewart kills a guy with his car tony stewart killed a guy that should be the name of this podcast <laughs> right tony stewart killed a guy welcome to tony stewart killed a guy everybody you don't even like tony stewart killing a guy i'm bones boucher <laughs> hello say bones boucher you gonna know say you have a big old appetite after you go there after you say you're gonna kill a guy with your car you go have yourself a couple of beignets walk down bourbon street have a good old time i I bet that guy's, like, from Canada or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> but still has that accent. He's British. <laughs> Hold on now. Born in East London. <laughs> frying up some fish and chips. I do fuck with some fish and chips. Like a good fish and chips, right? So I think that that covers it. That's our that's your introduction to Tony Stewart, NASCAR's bad boy who slaughtered a man with a car. Tony Stewart, bro. Tony Stewart. Stewart. I like Home Depot. I am Dibbo. I drive a car. It's number 20. It's Home Depot. And then I drive different cars later. For Old Spice. I drive for Old Spice because I stink. (laughs) He probably does. I'm a stinky, sweaty bitch. So let's fight Tony Stewart. Oh, we should. That should be our last episode. You think he's on Cameo? Oh, I mean, you start talking and I'll look it up. (laughs) So on the next episode, we're going to get into, we'll get into a little bit of Tony Stewart's early life, but we don't want to bore you with that shit. We'll probably dive pretty heavy into his first few years in NASCAR, where he both establishes himself as one of the premier drivers in the sport, but also firmly establishes himself as a hot-headed jerk piece of shit i think is the that's the that's the correct thing right is piece of shit that's the way nascar would put it now but only because tony stewart 
influence the game so much. Also, if you look up Tony Stewart and Cameo with each other on Google, you get that he did a cameo in Herbie Fully Loaded <laughs> with the Tony Stewart of acting. Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tony Stewart not available on Cameo. So we're just going to have to go to his house and ask him to film a video for us. Yeah, that's fine. We can do that. Can you autograph this at murder affidavit? <laughs> <laughs> so that's our episode. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Yeah. Episode two. Uh, as far as things we have to plug for me on popsnetwork.supercast.tech. Go subscribe and uh, listen to You Don't Even Like Sports. You don't even like sports. You don't even like Home Depot. Also, you can you can uh, follow this this show on Twitter now. I'm not really fucking with Twitter anymore, but all of the podcasts have their own Twitter, including this one, which you can follow at you don't sports. You don't even like you don't sports. You don't sports on Twitter. Give us a follow. Follow if you hear me. I don't get it. Uh, it's uh, from Tupac, famous NASCAR rapper. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Tupac uh, Shakur. Bones Shakur, as we used to call him. <laughs> Jeff, what do you have to plug? Uh, listen to Tupac. No, uh, uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, uh, you've got uh, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network. Uh, it's where me and Tom Ryman, uh, best bad movie ever. And if you're subscribed to this bundle on Supercast, best bad movie ever is a part of it. So Tom Ryman and I watch Batman, talk about it. Also, Sideshow Sideshow is my interview show with Sideshow Collectibles, and that is every other Tuesday. Um, follow, follow, follow stuff. I don't know. Fucking, it's over. Just Fucking follow stuff. Fucking just follow me. stuff. All like right. what you do, do what you like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Jeff, say goodbye. Absolutely not. No, Come on. Ah, goodbye. Oh, see you later now, everybody. <laughs> Go on, get on down. Get on. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.